Welcome to Love Uncensored, the modern guide to dating and relationships. I'm your host, Nicole Colantoni, a dating and relationship coach. And each week, along with special guests who aren't afraid to speak their minds, we challenge norms and expectations in love and relationships. From childhood trauma to sex, we explore the uncomfortable and unspoken, providing valuable insight and actionable advice for building healthier relationships. Join us for candid conversations about all things love, whether you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between. Hello and welcome to another solo app. Today we're diving deep into an issue that many of you have told me you're struggling with. It's about navigating the murky waters of emotional and physical expression in a relationship, especially during the early stages. Just a quick shout out to Kimberly who actually suggested this topic. Kimberly, thank you. This one's for you. So picture this, you're in the thick of a fresh relationship, a couple of months in and you're lost in translation, trying to decode your partner's feelings. They might as well be speaking a foreign or alien language for all the emotional intel you're getting from them. Maybe they're not that expressive or verbally articulate about their emotions, but it can absolutely feel like you're floating in a cosmic void, grasping for signs of emotional life. You might find yourself questioning, does he or she really like me? Why aren't they opening up? Why don't they express their feelings the way I do? Am I expecting too much? These are all completely normal questions to ask. This is a time when your vulnerability is on full display and you might feel like you're continually walking on eggshells, trying not to mess things up while also craving a safety net of clarity and assurance. In these moments, it's so easy to spiral into self-doubt or anxiety. It can seem like there's a fog around your partner's emotions and intentions. You might even start second-guessing your own feelings, wondering if you're misreading signals or being overly sensitive. But remember, the beginning of any relationship is all about discovery, understanding, and patience. Not everyone feels comfortable expressing their emotions overtly, especially in the initial stages. It's a time for both of you to understand each other's rhythm, patterns, and pace. So while it's confusing, it's also an integral part of your journey as a couple. The key is to be patient with yourself and your partner. The fog will eventually lift and things will start to become clearer, but easier said than done, right? I've obviously mentioned a bit about the early stages of my own relationship with Nick and how he wasn't the most emotionally expressive person. In fact, (laughs) he was kind of a closed book. There was a lot I didn't know about him, including the fact that he was struggling with his own trauma from a previous relationship and was hesitant to dive headfirst into something new. At the back of my mind, I had my own fears. I was worried about his business expanding to New York and whether that would then mean it was the end of us. I was 32 and I didn't want to walk down a dead-end road, investing my emotions, time and energy into something that wouldn't stand the test of time. And like I've talked a lot about, Nick was so reserved that he hardly ever complimented me. Five months into our relationship, I literally had to sit him down and straight up ask if he found me attractive. 
And then there was the part where I waited 10 whole months for him to say, I love you. And I won't lie, it wasn't always easy. It required patience, a lot of it, and a whole lot of self-restraint. And there were definitely moments I considered throwing in the towel and walking away. There were also countless times I wanted to react, lash out, to criticize, to demand, to ask for more. But each time I reminded myself of this mantra, what is meant for me will never miss me and what misses me was never meant for me. I knew I had to work on myself first. I had to learn to control my reactions, to challenge my insecurities and to not let my fears dictate my actions. And that's the part no one tells you about. The work you do on yourself is as important, if not more, than the work you do on your relationship. And I'm so glad I did it. It was hard, yes, but it was so worth it. Nick opened up in his own time. And when he did, it was genuine, heartfelt. It was Nick, no masks, no pretense, just him. So I guess my point is you can't force someone to open up or express emotions on your timeline. It's a journey, one that requires patience, understanding, and a whole lot of self-love. So if you're in a similar boat, I want you to remember this. Patience is a virtue, especially in love. Communicate, understand, and give it the time it needs. So first things first, I think it's important to remember that everyone expresses their emotions differently. Some people are effusive and their feelings are clear as day. Others, like Nick, are more reserved and might not wear their heart on their sleeve and might as well have a keep out sign when it comes to their feelings. And that's okay. Step one is understanding your partner's love language. This idea, which was actually developed by Gary Chapman, suggests that people tend to express and experience love in five main ways. Number one, words of affirmation. Number two, quality time. Number three, receiving gifts. Number four, acts of service. And number five, physical touch. If you're expecting words of affirmation from someone whose primary love language is, say, acts of service, you might feel confused or unloved. So understand your partner's love language and pay attention to how they might be expressing their affection in ways you may not be noticing. Research shows that understanding these love languages can significantly level up the quality of your relationship. A study in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships actually found that Couples who were fluent in each other's love languages reported higher relationship satisfaction. And here's another juicy tidbit. Chapman's own research threw up some interesting trends. Men were actually more likely to be fluent in the language of physical touch, while women seemed to prefer quality time and words of affirmation. So how do you crack the love language code? I think it's best to start with yours. There are heaps of online quizzes that can help you discover your own love language. Once you've got your language down pat, your next mission is to decipher your partner's love language. By understanding and speaking each other's love languages, you can bridge the gap of emotional expression and avoid that sinking feeling of confusion or neglect. Love isn't just about feeling butterflies. It's also about understanding and connecting. But remember, no two people are the same. So if your partner's love language is acts of service, they might feel loved when you make a meal or fix something around the house or take out the trash without them asking. 
But if it's words of affirmation, a simple I love you might make their day. So open communication really is the second piece of the puzzle. If you're feeling like a boat adrift, it's time for a chat. Share your feelings, but not in a blame game way, but expressing your needs and understanding theirs. Remember, everyone has their own emotional pace and that's okay. Approaching a chat like this can feel like you're about to walk into a lion's den, especially if your partner is as tight-lipped as a vault. But here's the thing, it doesn't have to be a battle. Instead, it's about a shared exploration of your emotional landscapes. First things first, you've got to create a safe space. This isn't an interrogation under a spotlight. Instead, speak from the I perspective, saying you never open up can quickly flip the defensiveness switch. Instead, try something like, I feel a bit lost because I'm not sure where we stand. It's not about them doing something wrong. It's about sharing your experience. You might hit a wall if your partner struggles to express themselves. So this is where patience and understanding play a huge role. Remember, you're dealing with a fellow human. And as humans, we all come with our own quirks, our own emotional tempo. It's easy to assume that everyone should be as open or as expressive as you are, but in reality, we all have different comfort zones when it comes to sharing our feelings. If your partner's struggling to find the words, try asking open-ended questions. Instead of, do you like spending time with me? Go for, how does our time together make you feel? It's a subtle shift, but it can actually open up avenues for deeper conversations. And finally, always remember to listen. Like really listen, not to respond, but to understand. Remember, it's not you against them. It's both of you against the problem. So try to confront it together. Who knows? It might even bring you closer together. The third piece of this complex puzzle is time. I know we live in a world that's all about instant gratification, fast food, one day delivery, streaming on demand. We're conditioned to expect things here and now. But when it comes to matters of the heart, time plays a crucial role. Here's the thing about emotional intimacy. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You can't force someone to open up or express their feelings on your schedule. And research backs this up. A study published in the Journal of Marriage and Family found that rushing emotional intimacy in a relationship can actually lead to lower relationship satisfaction. So instead, slow and steady growth in intimacy led to higher satisfaction levels. Take, for instance, the spark that people often talk about, that electric instant connection that feels like a fireworks show in your belly. It's enticing, all-consuming, and utterly exhilarating. But let's be honest, it's not always the best indicator of a lasting connection. We're living in a culture that's obsessed with the spark. We're told that if it's right, it should be immediate. It should be intense. But real life isn't a movie. Think about it. When you rush into emotional intimacy, you're skipping layers of knowing each other. It's like trying to read a book by only looking at the first and the last page. But when you let the connection simmer, you're gradually peeling back the layers, discovering each other and building a strong foundation. A study from the University of Illinois found that relationships that start off with a spark and intense attraction can often lead to poorer relationship quality later on. The slow burn relationships, on the other hand, tended to have better longevity and satisfaction. Sure, Hollywood sells us these tales of love at first sight, of instantaneous connections that last a lifetime, but real life is a bit more complicated than that. Sparks are great, but they're also fleeting. 
whereas a slow burn is way more sustainable in the long run. Nick was actually a classic case of a slow burn. Now, two years down the line, when I look back, it's like being with two completely different people. He's become incredibly verbally affectionate, a stark contrast from the stoic persona he started with. Today, he now showers me with compliments so freely that it's actually hard to believe we ever had that talk about him not being expressive. But here's the thing. We took time to understand each other, to peel back the layers. We went from being two individuals to being a team. It was never about grand gestures or ostentatious displays of affection. There was no illusions, no pedestals, no infatuations. We didn't fall for an idea of each other. We fell for each other. He didn't serenade me beneath the balcony or chase me down an airport terminal. There was no big song and dance. My relationship with Nick is a testament to how love can evolve and grow, especially when it's nurtured with patience and understanding. We slowly learned about each other without the rose-tinted glasses of infatuation clouding our vision. So when you find yourself questioning the pace of your relationship, remember the greatest things in life aren't hurried, they're nurtured and cultivated. A study by psychologist Arthur Aaron actually found that it takes about 50 hours of time spent together for a casual relationship to turn into a friendship. To go from friends to good friends, it requires around 90 hours and to become close or best friends, it takes more than 200 hours. The point is the deep, meaningful connections take time to form. They aren't instant. They aren't on demand. They grow organically, often in their own time. And there's a beauty to that. There's beauty in the unfolding, the discovery, the anticipation. So ease off the accelerator. Give your partner the time they need. And remember, your partner's pace isn't a reflection on you or your worthiness. It's about their comfort, their readiness, their own internal processes, and their past experiences. So don't let impatience push you to drive a wedge between you both. And then I think the final piece of the puzzle really has to do with self-awareness and reflection. This is where we hold up a mirror to ourselves and ask ourselves the hard questions. Are our expectations of emotional expression realistic or are they influenced by past relationships, by dramatic movie love stories, by those carefully curated Instagram hashtag couple goals. We live in a world saturated with narratives of romantic love, from fairy tales to Hollywood rom-coms, from love ballads to poetic verses. We're fed a constant diet of passion, drama, and grand gestures. But real life love, more often than not, is much quieter, much simpler, and much more profound. So consider this. How many times have you watched a romantic movie and thought, I wish someone would do that for me? How many times have you compared your partner's actions or lack thereof to an ex or a friend's significant other? But when we impose these external standards on our relationships, we're setting ourselves and our partners up for failure because real people aren't movie characters. Real relationships aren't scripted. They're messy. They're unpredictable. And often, let's be real, imperfect. A study in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships actually found that people who idealize their partners and relationships influenced by romantic media often find reality falls short. And this can lead to things like dissatisfaction, even when the relationship is healthy and loving. 
So it's really crucial to check in with yourself. Ask yourself, are your expectations coming from a place of reality and understanding or are they rooted in idealized notions, past relationships or insecurities? For example, if you're expecting a partner to constantly reassure you of their feelings because a past partner was unfaithful, you're not really being fair. You're not judging your current partner on their actions, but on the shadows of your past. Also, if you're expecting grand gestures of love because that's what movies tell you true love looks like, you might be overlooking the smaller, more meaningful demonstrations of affection. So do some soul searching. Reflect on your expectations, your insecurities, your needs. Remember, you're not just dealing with your partner's emotional expression, but also with your interpretation of it. Now, this whole conversation so far has really been focused on the early stages of a relationship. But what if you've been with your partner for quite some time and you're still feeling lost and confused? In the initial stages of a relationship, there's a certain leeway for confusion and uncertainty. You're both still figuring each other out, testing the waters. But if you're years into the relationship and you're still squinting in the dark, trying to decipher your partner's emotions, that could be a red flag. Now, I don't want to set off unnecessary alarm bells. Just because your partner isn't as emotionally expressive as you'd like doesn't mean they don't care. We've talked about this. People express love differently, but there's a difference between someone who's not expressive and someone who's emotionally unavailable. And the latter can be harmful to your emotional well-being in the long run. So what do you do if you're in this situation? Well, the rules of the game remain the same. It takes communication, patience, and self-awareness. Have an open and honest conversation with your partner about your concerns. Sometimes people are simply unaware of how their lack of emotional expression is affecting their partner. So they might be willing to make an effort to open up more if they knew it was causing distress. But remember, you cannot force someone to open up emotionally. It's a process, one that requires a level of self-awareness and emotional maturity. You can't rush it and you certainly can't coerce it. So if your partner is unwilling or unable to be more emotionally open, you may need to reconsider whether this is a relationship that can fulfill your needs. And finally, check in with yourself. Are you expecting too much or are you settling for less than you deserve? Don't be afraid to ask yourself these tough questions. Your emotional health and happiness should be your top priority. If your needs are not being met in your relationship, it's crucial to acknowledge this and take appropriate steps. In the end, every relationship is a unique blend of two individuals with their own quirks and complexities. But before we wrap up this conversation, there really is one crucial point that we haven't touched on yet. And this is the chase versus the attraction. In our society, there's this romanticized notion of the chase. We're told that love is about pursuing and being pursued. But here's the thing. While the chase might seem exciting at first, it can quickly turn into an exhausting game. So instead of chasing, focus on attracting. Attracting is about being your authentic self, about letting your genuine energy draw people towards you. It's about being comfortable in your own skin, owning your worth and knowing that the right person will appreciate you for who you are. When you shift your mindset from chasing to attracting, you stop trying to force emotions or accelerate the relationship. You're no longer anxiously trying to read your partner's every action for signs of affection. Instead, you're allowing the relationship to unfold naturally at its own pace. 
And speaking of pace, it's always essential to check in with yourself. Are you trying to speed up the relationship unnecessarily? Maybe you're comparing your relationship timeline with others or perhaps societal pressures are making you rush. If that's the case, take a step back. Each relationship is unique and what works for one couple might not work for another. There's no set timeline for when certain milestones should be reached. So take a deep breath, slow down and let the relationship evolve naturally. Trust in the process. If you find yourself rushing the relationship or trying to dissect every action or word from your partner, ask yourself, am I trying to control the outcome? More often than not, our attempts to control come from a place of fear and a lack of trust. Think about it. We try to control things when we're scared that the outcome won't be what we desire. When we don't trust that things will turn out well, we try to maneuver them in our favor. But the reality is real love doesn't flourish in an environment of control. It thrives in an atmosphere of trust, an atmosphere of freedom and respect. So if you find yourself falling into the control trap, take a step back, breathe, remind yourself that control is just a manifestation of your fears and insecurities. It's not the driving force of a healthy, thriving relationship. What you need is to trust, trust in your partner, trust in the relationship, and most importantly, trust in the process. Recognize that the evolution of emotional intimacy can't be rushed. Control really is the antithesis of trust. And in a relationship, trust is paramount. It's about having faith that with time, things will become clearer. It's about believing that your partner will open up when they're ready and comfortable. So let go of the urge to control, embrace trust, patience, and acceptance. Let things unfold organically and understand that your relationship, like any other aspect of life, cannot be entirely within your control. And that's a good thing. It allows space for growth, surprises, and deep, authentic connections. All right, that's it from me. Feel free to DM me with any other episode ideas. Otherwise, I'll see you next week with a very special guest. Oh, 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 o